America, my name is I'm Yosef Frimpong. I come to you live every Friday about this time. Usually a little bit earlier than this, but I was having some technical difficulties. But I'm here today to talk to you about gifted and talented education. I want to talk while people file into the show. I want to tell two quick stories about my own youth. So I just remember when I was about fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade, and I started noticing people getting like yanked out of my class at special times to go get some special knowledge. And then they'd come back with a little bit more, you know, attitude, a little bit standing up straight. And then I learned that after a while, one of them leaked. They're like, well, we were going to the, the gifted and talented program. And, uh, you know, it's because we're gifted. And I was like, well, you know, I, I guess I'm ungifted. And it turns out that there is a, a study that just came out that said it that i'm getting the the study now that it actually doesn't affect separating um gifted children from you know losers like myself doesn't really hasn't really led to a special achievement for the gifted children but it does tell the other students that they're losers which was a message i got um, clear because you know kids they don't have a lot of things to base their identity off of discretionary um, activities to base their identity off of that's why kids within three or four days of having recess knows who's the fastest kid because foot speed is something that like you could actually judge each other on and distinguish yourself with right so these distinguishing features there aren't a lot of them whereas if I walk into a group of adults we don't size ourselves up by <laughs> blank and blank being faster than the other person. That's because uh, adults have other things in order to distinguish their identity um, uh, with, right? But if kids are told that school is important and that's why we take you away from your parents for seven hours a day, and then they're also told that blank and blank is better at this important thing, like through some sort of inherent gift, it turns out that it really does do a job on the people um, who are left behind. This is the article. You could just Google it and find it. Um, it was uh, the Hanking Report, but you just Google any of the uh, Joe Bowler wrote it. Uh, it. You can just Google any of the specifics and it'll tell you the truth that it turns out that these programs and you know you, you go to uh um yeah these programs and it's often at the discretion of the elementary school teacher who they the students who like and the elementary school teacher happens to like these <laughs> turns out a lot of these white women like other little white girls and um they like those who are compliant and um, it's it's pretty much at the whim of the elementary school teacher, or you could do straight up an IQ test. But like even those, it's not it's not a public process, right? It'd be one thing if the teachers actually copped to it and said like, and had like a taped meeting where they went through the role and decided why uh, your your child was a loser. Um, I remember I got a form from my my kid last year about. Uh, you know, she might as she was selected as a candidate for the gifted program, but uh, they needed me to fill out a few essays about why she's better than every other kid. And, you know, I did that because you have to understand that there is no neutral on a moving plane. Either you're 
labeled one thing or you're labeled a loser. There, there is no, well, you can just opt out because no, there's a world um, where this is a distinguishing factor. And like, you have to weigh that against the damage of not being selected for the program, especially when you know your friends are selected for the program. So what does this mean? And the damage that that kind of identity does, because make no mistake, these programs are not primarily for different educational content. They're there to groom you for different educational identities. And I'm going to let you uh, chew on that. Remember, it's not about education. It's not about establishing different educational content. It's about establishing educational identities. And I'm going to let you chew on that while I hit the opening. To the beach, oh. <laughs> Never change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and ain't no future in your front. So yeah, you can't just like opt out of your parent because that you don't want your kid to be like like label them be officially labeled by some objective process that's not particularly transparent of what uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, uh, and also ran in life and, uh, and going in is dicey because you don't want your kid to be a snob, especially white people. You need to worry about your kids being snobs. Nobody tells you this. They want your kid to be successful or happy. No, the most important thing in your life right now, white people who are watching this show is make sure your kid doesn't end up to be a snob. Um, because if you don't take that seriously, you're going to raise an unfortunate young human being who you're going to have to find yourself making excuses for. And so what this so what this program does is it actually grooms people. People don't understand that injustice in the United States takes a lot of grooming. You have to be used to injustice. You have to be making used to making excuses for injustice. And that's what this program does. It gets kids used to making excuses for fundamentally unjust distinctions between persons. Like I said, it's not a transparent process. It's at the teacher's discretion. These teachers are not particularly, you know, good people. So um, it, it's, you, it's getting you used to making distinctions uh, and, and, and making excuses for a fundamentally unjust process, especially when you are one of the people, um, you are one of the people for whom it selects an advantage for. So it's just sucking you in to treating other people um, at a, at a, for dicey reasons like they are less than. And it starts you like, you know, they start tracking kids at like five, four and five and six, six years old, right? So it's getting you already used to making excuses for dicey, really dicey distinctions between persons based on social class, right? So it wants to establish an education identity. It's not about differential content. You'll be like, well, what about the kids who learn faster? Look, have them pull out a book. Have them pull out a book or get them in an ongoing project that they can do during their free time. And also, here's the deal. If your class is boring for kids who like learn fast, it's probably boring for everyone. So we have to start talking about just better teaching because I can guarantee you that like everyone's bored. Of <laughs> uh, if 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 the gifted person's bored, everyone's bored, and that's because you're probably a boring teacher, right? And like that's classroom management. So this idea that like, well, we have to save the kids from being bored, as if like life isn't boring, and maybe we should teach grace, or transition those kids into tutors, but mostly just kind of teach grace, 
and uh, and and like and 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 install um, ongoing projects to whip out when you've done your work, or like free reading books when you've done your work. Or you can just organize, especially like K through five. You can just organize the classroom so that you're always kind of doing something. All right? This isn't this isn't rocket science. This is lazy teaching plus. What we really want to do is establish a variety of superiority um, among a certain class. And we want to teach other people that they're just supposed to accept um, these arbitrary distinctions. Because make no mistake, you can't have a gifted class without an ungifted class. Right? You can't, like, the, the, like that, the, the illusion that you're not calling everyone else a loser um, when you make that distinction is something that uh, needs, we need to be honest about. And we need to be honest that we're okay about it and we like it. We like the fact that these programs create snobs because we want our kids to be a snob. We want our kids to treat the lessers like they are lessers. And we want the lessers to not talk back and have been used to tr being treated like they should be run by our kids. So uh, there's, uh, there's a huge problem with this. And the second story I want to talk to you about a similar program is when I was in high school, I remember I went to a predominantly white high school in uh in in california in southern california and i just remember one day i walk into school and there are a bunch of uh kids like you know a random swath of kids with these t-shirts that said uh icmd i can make a difference and apparently they'd been taken out of school the day before and sent to some secret conference where they were taught that they could make a difference. They were selected by their uh, teachers, not their peers. This wasn't just elected school leaders. These were just like random kids at my school. And then they came back the next day with these t-shirts saying, um, telling them they can make a difference and a little bit of attitude like they were the elect. And I'm like, well, I, I like to think I can make a difference too, but apparently not. And if I have to make a difference, like I'm you know, 15 years old at the time, if, I know, if, I, if I'm going to make a difference, that means I'm going to have to figure out how to do it on my own because the people who are authorities in my life have decided I should be a tool for these other people who actually matter, the people in t-shirts. So I don't know if they still do the I Can Make a Difference conference in California, but I do know that that left a, uh, a determinate negation. <laughs> By being left out, it actually determined my identity in a weird way because once again, it was a process that wasn't public and then nobody even knew what was happening unless you were tapped and you were tapped by teachers who were in my school. A lot of them were just flat out racist. Um, and, you know, I, I was not the right kind of black. I was, um, I was a mouthy black um, who, you know, distinguished themselves in other ways. But apparently I couldn't make a difference. Well, by the way, if I'm making a difference in your life, go ahead and kick down to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in 515 or $50 a month for me to continue to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm, I am, I am uh, giving you a quality of knowledge that you didn't pick up either in your gifted classes or in your regular classes. And I'm doing it because uh, I got to live with you people. And <laughs> I need to get you, up, get, get you up to my level so we can fight together. And so we need to abolish these gifted programs and actually just talk about what it means to actually just teach people how to be citizens in the United States. Right. So I don't know. And if you're worried about like, well, you know, I want my kid to be in the gifted program. And so what am I going to do with my very, very, very special kid? Well, look, everything they're going to need to know, they're going to learn from you. They, you should probably put yourself on a program to teach them anyway. <laughs> like, or you know, have them watch me and I will teach them what I teach them. But like, 
this is America, and if you're black and watching just this, just know, and even if you're white, just know that everything that matters that they'll learn, you should have yourself teach them. Um, and kind of just call that parenting because you cannot trust these institutions. They're not made for your kid's salvation or your kid's freedom. So that's what you should do. So there's this notion that, well, you know, I, it's funny because I, you know, I was talking about this with a buddy and she's like, look, I was actually picked for this program and, and they told us that you're going to be bullied for being in this program and how to handle that. And at the time, I was just like, well, I, that was just weird. This is my friend talking to me. I wasn't picked for the program. So I, don't, I don't know. This is all hearsay. I don't know what goes on in these secret cabals of, 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 of eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. But apparently, they're telling you that, how to rule over us. Um, so, but like, just imagine that. You're being heaped. You're seeing resources being asymmetrically distributed to you. You're being told that people outside of this little sphere will be resentful um, of the resources that are asymmetrically heaped onto your development. And you're being told that that's their problem and that they're the perpetrators of, of injustice and that you're the victim. And that it's hard out there for, for being so smart. Um, I. I don't know. I, that's just never. Uh, that's so. This is why, like I said, it's setting you up. It's grooming you to just be comfortable with and reproduce a quality of class injustice that you should fight against. And it's it's grooming you to uh, make excuses for class segregation. It's grooming you to make excuses for race segregation. And um, I don't want you to be the kind of person who makes excuses for that. I want you to see this for what it is, and I want you to raise the kind of kids who see this for what it is. All right, so I talked about the ICMD. Uh, I can make a difference conference that I wasn't. Like, I don't know what was going on in that conference. I'll never know because I wasn't, I apparently can't make a difference, except what I did learn was I was smart enough to know that I have been objectively determined as someone who cannot make a difference. Right? See, this is, I, I, I was, a, I, was a, I broke the long jump record at my high school with 21 foot, 11 inches. I liked the long jump because it was very clear. I had to take off here and land farther in the pit than the person who was before me. <laughs> like, it was, the, you know, going to a white high school, like, clarity in, everyone lies to you about everything, so clarity in standards actually matters. So I liked the long jump um, for that reason. It was just a clear standard. I didn't have to worry about it. If I, I was fine. I, I liked the triple jump, too. It wasn't as good for my back. And I like it was a less uh, the triple jump was a more intellectual pursuit, so I, I actually appreciated that more. But um, I like the jumps and the races and track and field. I even like soccer, you know. And this isn't because I was particularly great at soccer. I was I was fine. Um, but like I spent a season riding the bench. But the people who started and played were like better. And then I played some, and then I was a captain a little bit. And so like it, there was it was it was out there the process for excellence and deriving your identity from the sport was out there. And same with music, right? So I, did, I was a pretty decent orchestral musician for a good stretch of my life, right? I didn't make every orchestra I, was, I auditioned for, but like the people who did make the orchestra were, were really good. They might have been good because they had money and all these other things, but they were like, 
I could say that was a good, like they're beautiful, they're a wonderful musician. And even if I made the orchestra, but I didn't like my seating, sometimes I sat principal, sometimes I sat second, whatever, um, it didn't really matter because the person who sat ahead of me like could do the job. It wasn't real, it wasn't an issue of like, well, you know, I don't know how they got, I don't know how. No, the, the person who sat ahead of me like was within the margin of error of me or like better, right? Because that's just how some of these things work. It wasn't magic that, um, yeah. So like, I, there was a clarity in expression of the standards in both sports and music that you never got with like gate programs or anything like that. It was all those programs were people in were teachers in a faculty lounge in a closed door, um, making arbitrary decisions about my life and my quality and. 30 years later, you know, people in closed doors are still like fucking up decisions about uh, black people's lives and quality. So I'm like, I want, we're gonna do this process. I want the process open. I want the teachers to be on the record when they talk about students. And uh, well, and so now I read an article about how, well, you know, in Georgia, there's a process and the process is we grade on motivation, creativity, it's more objective. We grade on motivation, creativity, and um, leadership. And one other thing that was like totally like not objective standards. <laughs> so the idea that we've created standards and now it's objective because we created these standards. No, you have to actually look at the standards. And the standards they've created are just like a checklist of things that are also discretionary um up to the teachers like whim and fancy and that's not appropriate and would you be surprised it skews towards white girls and then white guys and then like some black women and then like <laughs> nary a negro boy um gets gets past all of that and you know and that's um and the answer isn't to get more black kids into the program the answer is to make the public program public or get rid of it, or you could push in. Apparently there's some uh, schools where the teachers come in, the, the gifted and talented teachers come in and just kind of work with the groups, right? Um, which would be fine, right? So the gifted and talented kids get what they need and everyone else gets what, gets, gets what they need, right? So, and if the other kids are left out of the special knowledge because it's just going so fast for my regular mind, um, well then, you know, they'll deal so i don't you could push in but i actually think the theater of pulling kids out of class is part of the appeal of the program because whatever you learn in that uh sacred space that you're pulled out of you you learn that you are better than the people who stayed in and that's the lesson that we're serious about teaching kids. Um, and the kids who stay in learn the lesson that those are, those, those are people who have been determined as your betters. And anyone who's telling you anything um, different, that that's not the lesson that's transmitted is like someone you shouldn't actually take seriously about anything in life. Oh yeah, by the way, once again, if you like what I'm doing, go ahead and uh, kick in to five, fifteen, or fifty dollars to www.funkyacademic.com. Um, yeah.
And because like nobody's going to tell it to you like I am, but more people should. And with a, with a good amount of humor. And I say this as a guy who was left out, who was, who was neither gifted nor talented. And yet, and yet I survive. Um, and and I'm, I'm not without like suspiciously um, interesting skills. So we have to understand what's the function Function. And so there's been a lot of talk about critical race theory in the United States, and people don't understand what critical race theory is. Critical race theory comes out of critical uh, legal theory, um, kind of made 70, in, popular in the 60s and 70s by a guy named Derek Bell, who was just like, so race is a category, it's a construct, but it's a, it's a functional one. It does stuff, and people hold on to it. <laughs> and like, and there is uh, this idea... Um, let me get, I want to, because someone said it really, 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 really well and really clearly, and I, and I want to. All right, so plenty of children find value in white supremacy and class stratification, and I have, and, and have fond memories of it as adults. Many adults have fond memories of the time they were pulled out. They don't remember what they pulled out and learned, but they remember that they were pulled out. And, uh, and that's the problem. And this person said, yeah, I was in the program, and I remember how good it felt at the time. I wanted to be seen as smart. And in hindsight, it stunted my emotional growth. This is what someone uh, you know, wrote me, and I think it's true. And I, I think, what are we doing to kids? What do we do when you send that message? And you know, it's a fixed determination, and we're not supposed to actually give kids fixed determinations. And it's a fixed determination positive for the people who are in it and a fixed determination negative for the people who are out because they don't know why they're out. They just think it's like a fact of nature. I just thought this is just how it is. Um, it's not like, well, you know, we'll retest you next, we'll retest you next, next, next month and here's a list of things that we're looking for. No, it's, it's all secret. And it's secret on design because we want it to be mysteriously like a mysterious determination, like something like the sorting hat. <laughs> Um, out of Harry Potter. And if that's, and it's not an accident, right? So I don't really blame the kids. I don't really blame the kids. Although they like it, they don't know enough. They're just being pawns. But what they are, they are groomed um, to, to be rulers and make excuses for all manners of injustice. That's what they're being groomed for from an early age. Oh, they're being groomed for it. And we need to put that, we don't make, we need to put that stop. We need to make, and the fight's not going to be against the kids necessarily. The fight's going to be against the parents who need it and the teachers who are very comfortable reproducing the system. Because all the teachers themselves were, were picked as gifted. Or they were picked as not gifted and, and, and have issues about that in a way that they don't feel like they're the kind of person who could fight back. Right, so... The, the problem is going to be the teachers. But a lot of teachers are white women, and we don't know how to hold white women accountable for their injustice. We don't know how to do it. We don't, we don't know how to do it. We have to pretend that all teachers are like saints, and we have to pretend that all white women are morally, or women are virtuous because they're women. But it turns out that like actually, in the school to prison pipeline, the teachers at the school do as much or more to like make that pipeline a real thing than the, uh, the, the cop husband they have at home. All right. 
So I hope I clarified your thinking about this gifted and talented program. I, I want you to leave here knowing that it's not about the educational content in the program. It's the educational identification. That's what's produced. We're producing identification, people who identify themselves and identify others um, as, you know, within the program or without the program or outside of the program. And that's the danger and that's the damage you do uh, to, to, to students. And we do it unnecessarily unless it's necessary to keep this class and race game that we want to keep going on. And that's what's really driving it. Um, we're grooming people to accept fundamentally unfair and inappropriate uh, race and class distinctions and social positions. And if they were appropriate, we would open up the process and do it publicly. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. In public, in front of a camera, why this kid gets in and the other one doesn't. Right. So we don't want, teachers don't want to do that. So it's all behind, um, you know, a secret committee that, uh, you know, that's, those secret committees never work good for black people. I have a, there is a uh, video, I'll play it next time. I don't have it, there's a video, it's on my YouTube uh, channel about, uh, it was a scene from The Good Wife where this black woman is, is, is uh, a candidate for a job at the law firm, I'll put it in the description, the description of this video. And she's a candidate for a law firm. And then it has the realist uh, hiring committee discussion uh, depicted I've seen on, on television. All right, thank you for your time. Once again, if you like what I'm doing, you know what to do. It doesn't pay itself. I got like, you know, bills to pay. And uh, I'll talk to you later. I'm giving you the quality of political knowledge and insight that will help you not squander your life and kind of rescue meaning from it, then go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, 15 or $50 a month or make one enormous donations. I like the month. All right, so I, someone just, I'm, I'm interrupting. Someone just uh, mentioned, why does this work for elite athletes but not elite education? Well, education for a democracy is different than professional sports, right? Like I'm not, like I'm educating citizens into sharing power with other citizens, not educating them into dominating um, the competition. Like that's like you're educating into citizenship and citizenship is about wielding power while sharing it. And that's not what like being a professional athlete's about. Um, you don't wanna share power with the players on your field. But citizens, you're learning how to learn with other people and govern with and be with other people. And this, and this, um, this is not an education into citizenship. It's an education into oligarchy. They having the gifted and talented programs working like that. All right. So I hope that answers your question. Um, good. Yeah. You don't want to be cut. You, like, it's okay to be cut from a soccer team. It's not okay to be cut from America. <laughs> so this idea that, um, yeah, this should be like elite sports is ridiculous. Public education and it's compulsory public education should be like elite sports is ridiculous. Or just under-informed, and now I've informed you. You're welcome. All right, let me get back to the, the commercial. Please 
because it allows me to budget more and that'll help me, you know, with a marketing budget or getting better equipment that works all the time because a lot of, in a lot of ways, freedom means having equipment that works every time you turn it on. <laughs> and I want to be a free Negro. So um, if you like what I do, go to funkyacademic.com and contribute. Thanks often comes in the form of cash and the site takes credit cards. If you appreciate the work I do every week and